Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, it's Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop, and I'm here with Frank. And uh, Frank's content has, uh, has been really charmful for me to, to see uh, on LinkedIn specifically, where he's very active and has a, has a great audience. Um, Frank, I love your videos in your car, man. I feel like I'm right there next to you. I'm learning stuff. So, you know, thanks for bringing that to us. Um, one of the things that we started to talk about was straight up how to stay positive in a time of crisis during this worldwide pandemic. And I really love your perspective, man. So just jump into it. What's, what's your take on this? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot going on. There's no ignoring the fact that we're we're probably in one of the you know heading towards a, the, one of the worst recessions ever. Uh, especially, I'm 42 years old, so something worse than I've seen. Uh, and I went through 2008. Uh, my one of my businesses that I was running during that time took a, a massive hit. So so this is worse than that. It's worse than anything we've ever seen. It seems like every day, you know, it, it, we're, we're getting more and more information. Uh, so it's there's no denying that this is going on and it is you know there's a lot of doom and gloom going on you put the news on and it's all the negativity whether it's politics who's doing right who's doing wrong uh and 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 just access to things and care that people don't have and no matter where you go now on social someone's got an opinion so it doesn't matter the medium of, of of where you go there's always you know it's it's like everywhere we turn to now it's doom and gloom and i think there is a lot of positivity that's going on. There's still people who, you know, we're breathing, we're okay. Uh, and, and people, you know, there, there is a, a lot that we have to be thankful for, even though things are, are, are not going the way that everyone wants to, but there's, there's restaurants that are staying open. There's takeout places that are struggling to stay open and, and people supporting them. And there's hospital and all these emergency workers that are doing everything they can and working these crazy long shifts to make sure that we, we get to the end of this as quickly as possible. So there's a lot of good going on, but we're not seeing it because that's not, that doesn't sell newspapers and get people tuning into the <laughs> Right. Isn't it, isn't it so critical right now that we take a little bit of a media diet? Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, there's, there's three, there's two credible sources that I have right now for my information, which is the WHO and the, um, the CDC. Those are the only two ones that I'm referring to right now because that's where I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting my truth. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just a product that's being sold media to and ultimately advertising. So I've, I've definitely take a little bit of a break. Um, but I, man, I agree with what you're saying. Like we need to stay positive right now and we need to think positive, you know, because if we think positive, then we can kind of drive ourselves up and get out of this. You mentioned that you've changed up your, your business. Obviously, you guys are all home-based. You know, we encourage everyone to get home-based right now as soon as possible. If you have to be out there on the field, there's precautions that you can take. I'm sure you know about those. Um, but what are some of the sort of things that you've done to stay productive um, and, and, and positive with, with your team? Yeah, so so our team is considered a critical business unit. Um, so although we could have technically stayed open, if we we needed to, uh, it just was in the, everyone's best interest to to stay home, stay safe. Uh, so we are 100% remote right now. Uh, we prepared for it as soon as it started coming down. We've got all our security measures in place, everyone's equipment and everything ready to go, so that if we we needed to pivot really quickly, 
we were able to, and, and we did. And, and it just basically in, I'm in Connecticut, our, our headquarters in Connecticut, and they shut us, you know, they basically, the governor asked us, hey, everyone stay safe, stay home effective, which was uh, Monday, this Monday, he wanted all businesses to, to try to be as remote as possible, even ones that were considered critical business. So, so we did, uh, we're working. Uh, I think a big thing is communication with the team and how we have technology. Uh, and, and like you mentioned, there is a strain on, on technology right now, no matter what systems you're using, they're, they're in overload now because of the fact right. that so many people are remote, but it's important to use uh, ways to communicate with your team and have access to your team. We have a, a text message thread that we have set up for, for on our phones. We use Microsoft Teams so that we can communicate there either through voice, uh, video, or just regular uh, chatting back and forth. So that's really important. And I think for, as a leader, I need to keep my team up to date. I need them to know we're doing everything. Things are okay. You know, financially we're safe. I think that's a big, big thing. A lot of employees out there are worried. Am I going to get lose my job? Am I in jeopardy? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? So, so communication over communication is probably huge right now. Right. And then, you know, you mentioned some, some really important kind of emotions that we're all feeling, which is uncertainty, which is um, fear, you know, lack of stability, like what are, what are some things as a leader yourself, what, what are some things that you can recommend to people to not get into that, that negative loop, that fear state where they can stay positive, stay productive and still continue to provide value? So, so I mean, as a, as a leader of an organization, it's always been, you know, I'm the guy that needs to keep the ship running and everyone always looks up to, to who's running the show and, and I'm the guy that they need, they get behind to, to help support me. So I've always had to make, you know, quick decisions and, and be able to, to be that leader, especially in times of uncertainty. This here is kind of unprecedented, um, definitely wasn't planning or prepared for something like this, but the fact that I have been just keeping in touch with my team, reaching out to them, making yeah. sure, hey, your family okay, those types of things, I think from a personal level are really appreciated because we need to have business continuity. If our business shuts down, people don't get into health insurance and employees can't, can't have access to care. So, so for us, the business continuity, my team is the backbone behind the organization. They're the ones that keep everything running uh, and, and with the, the clients that we support and the partners that we have all across the nation. So, so I think them knowing we're good, everything's okay, kind of in their brain, they're just going to, they're continue to go, continue to support people as much as they can. And I think their mindset isn't in a negative funk, but in knowing, Hey, I'm good. Things are okay for me. I'm healthy. And, and we're going to do what we can to support anyone who needs us right now. And then specific to kind of employee benefits and employee security and um, resources for employees, is there anything that you can recommend right now to either uh, business owners, managers, or just employees? Is there anything that people can be doing right now? You know, there, there's so many logistics that I can think of right now. You know, what if someone is forced to go in physically to an office? What if they're not receiving the resources that they need? Give me, give me your take on that. Maybe some suggestions for listeners and watchers. Yeah, so we were, you know, kind of pay attention to the, 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 the how the regs might be changed and, and people that didn't have, you know, time off and all these things and how they'd be able to, if they had to self-quarantine or if they were yeah. forced to, to take time off. So, and, and we have employers that were kind of struggling with the same thing. Okay, how are we going to, how are we going to be able to stay open without, you know, we don't have remote, you know, some of these warehouses and things like that. Right. They, they, people doing machines and, and keeping stuff going on these assembly lines. So, um, so that was a, that was a really big thing was, you know, kind of 
trying to stay safe, trying to keep everything clean and clear and the employees safe. So a lot of them just had to cut staff to, to say, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, if you don't feel healthy, stay home. And in a lot of companies, if you're over 50 employees, you, you have FMLA that you can take advantage of. And, and, and some of the employers were just saying, you know, use up your sick time. We'll try to support you. But, you know, there are a lot of companies that have had to do a lot of layoffs, whether it's partial or just massive. And we're, we're in Connecticut, as I mentioned, in two casinos, big casinos here are Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods. Uh, they shut down. Uh, I mean, almost all of, um, I, I believe it was Foxwoods, I think almost their entire team now is laid off and Mohegan laid off almost everyone except some some corporate uh, folks. So, so it's, yeah, it's kind of scary um, to, to think of what's going on. And I think people are being affected in different ways. So, so I, yeah. I, 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 big time for empathy right now. You know, I, I had a moment yesterday. I was on a bike ride with my kid on the back back seat of my bike and we were just going up some hills and, you know, I've been, I've been remote and sort of home based for a while now. We have an office and we haven't used it obviously in for such a long while, but um, even beyond this whole kind of pandemic, but I had a moment where I was trying to get into a gate and I was trying to click a code. And then as I'm on my bike, I said, I have to touch that code. I have to touch those, that keypad and I have to hit those numbers to get into that gate to go where I need to go. And I realized that, first of all, I was trying to think of a solution. So I said, what, what do I do? And I said, do I use a leaf? Do I put a leaf on my finger? And then I said, no, no, there's some wood, there's some sticks. Why don't I just grab a stick and then I'll just hit the buttons. And then I was telling Donnie what I was doing, my kid, and he said, oh, can I have the stick afterwards? It was a nice stick, it was a longer one. And I said, no, man, I'm, I'm going to touch the button. <laughs> and it was this whole ordeal that we had just to hit some buttons. You know, and I realized in that moment that, first of all, I, I was, I'm fortunate that that's the situation in which that I have to deal and, and think and go through that thought process of dealing with a situation like that. But there are people out there in the world that are delivering boxes and being, you know, being in manufacturing plants and working at the DMV and being part of these critical businesses where they need to interact with people. And a lot of those people are not adhering to the social distancing, those little dots and those circles. People are not maintaining that distance and, and beyond, you know, physical contact, so on and so forth. So, you know, I felt exactly what you're talking about that in that, in that moment where, you know, it was like, it was like empathy. It was like, man, this, like, how do you even deal with just these nuances that we take for granted? Touching a doorknob, touching a button, you know, um, it's, it's a different perspective, you know? Yeah. I, just knowing, and, and you know, I have an eight year old daughter, so it's kind of the same thing. She's, you know, Amazon was like magic before you, you order today, it's here tomorrow. And that slowed down big time. And, you know, just trying to explain to her, Hey, these, these men and women are out here delivering packages. They are, they're touching stuff. You know, they got to be conscious of what they're around and then we're receiving stuff and you hear it lives for, you know, 18, 19 days on a surface. So now it's like, we're afraid to touch packages. And it's funny that I'm just seeing out the window here, the mailman is driving by, you know, the same thing you yeah. got, they, they keep going rain, sleet, hail, snow, virus, no matter what your mail shows up every day. So, so these people, I, I applaud them for keeping the country running um, and, and, and everyone across the globe, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, a lot going on. And I think we underestimate some of the stuff that, like you said, we just go through life sometimes, not even think taking things for granted. And now it puts things in perspective. How are they different from soldiers on a battlefield right now? Uh, well, th that, the, the, 
the bad thing about soldiers on a battlefield is most of them don't have access to right care, uh, which yeah. is something that I'm really, I, I feel for them because they not only sign up to put their lives on the line for us uh, and go defend our country, but there's people all spread out all across the world right now that don't have the correct access. And, and that is something that I think is a, a big concern. So, um, and you know, just again, reading and per se, you don't know what's true and what's not true, but some of the stuff I've been seeing in the news, the, the, they're out there, you know, it's bad enough as it is what they're doing without this going on. And now they, some of them have to go into places, interact with people and they have no testing kits and things like that. And then what's speaking of healthcare, speaking of testing kits, these are very relevant topics right now. What is your take on that? What is, what does that even look like for us right now? Well, I mean, the healthcare system is as crazy as it is, no matter where your opinion was it before, especially in the U S um, I think it's going to take a big hit now. I, I think the the amount of pressure that's going to be on the healthcare industry, uh, the testing that's going on. I think a lot of people will not be able to afford to pay their premiums. And I think that you know, with the governor, uh, with the government intervening and saying, "Hey, people are going to need more time to pay their insurance premiums." Of course, you get laid off. Now it's you don't have a job uh, or you don't have income coming in. Now your health insurance might get canceled because of that. So some people might say, well, I got to do something or I might show up to work even though I'm sick because I, I can't risk my health care being turned off or employers, yeah. teams that might not be able to pay their premium. So they're they're going to have to absorb some of these costs uh, short term. And I, and I think they will, but it's going to cause a, a lot of debt building up. I mean, you know, we're going to be looking at a trillion dollar deficit with health care. All the gains that we've realized in the last four years in the stock market are are gone. Okay, that's I, I don't want to be Debbie down here. We all probably know that you know we're in the cusp of a recession right now, right? Now the movement of information now versus four years ago and eight years ago, and you know throughout all the different various recessions and depression, the the speed at which information travels is 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 a thousandfold faster right now. So. You know, that coupled with the fact that the media right now is, I mean, the way that the media is operating now is is on content, right? I mean, content feeds on every single channel, right? I see more gates on newspaper articles now uh, online than I've ever seen before. And it, it just, it's a testament to the fact that the media needs to obviously monetize what they're what they're doing, right? So I think this dynamic that happens right now is that as we know, you know, perception is reality. And the perception that's being delivered to us right now is, is what is becoming our reality. Now, I'm not a naysayer of a lot of things that are happening. I, I fully, fully understand and accept all the detrimental things that, that, are, that we're exposed to right now. But a lot of it is just how we're responding you know, to media. And I keep going back to this idea of taking a media diet. <laughs> You know, and and focusing on the things that you're talking about, which is, you know, resources, continuing to do the business, having empathy, you know, figuring out ways to, like, keep on carrying on, you know, and uh, but it's it's tough, man. It's it's tough. You know, I mean, there's there's going to be, I think, a whole kind of onslaught of of sadness that people are going to realize, you know, and I think that we're going to go back to to nature and we're going to go back to some really elemental things in our lives to 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 find the meaning of life and to find 
um, really why we're here. Some really philosophical existential things. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of foresee this this monster mindset paradigm shift that we're all going to go through um, ultimately for the for the positive. So just to stay on the positive you know, note, um, you know, my my question for you is what what is what does the future look like? What what is, uh, you know, 2020 and beyond now, now that we've gone through this paradigm shift? Well, I, I think we're resilient. I think that, uh, you know, speaking U.S. base here, we are a resilient or um, you know, United States. We are united. I think we get together. I think we've seen from the past uh, things that we've been to as a country and how we band together. Uh, I think what people do right now will be remembered um, for not only months, but years to come. And that means everyone from the people who lead this country all the way down to people like me and you, how we treat our spouse when we're, when we're around each other, 24, seven, 365, our kids, and, and, and then out from there, the, the teams and the people we work with, I think and now it's more important than ever to really to, 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 to find, strip away all that material thing, just like you were saying earlier, you know, we strip away all this material stuff and see, you know, what we have and really, okay, be grateful for the things that we have around us. So I think a lot of people will see and, and do some soul searching and some uncovering um, and, and really be happy for, for stuff that they used to take for granted, which isn't a bad thing. I think financially it's going to be a while before we recover. I think, you know, we're, we're a few months away from, from, you know, maybe some restaurants and, and other businesses actually being open, but, but things like travel and, and, and where businesses that took these major losses over the path, you know, the next, that will take loss over the next few months may never get out of it. Um, and, and they'll have to shut their doors or, or they're going to, it's going to be, you know, years before they can financially recover. So, so I think, yeah, the, the, the side of it is that a, we'll, we'll probably hopefully appreciate things more, uh, from a human level, uh, each other and, and the things that we have access to that we took for granted before, but then also the financial piece, the reality is, is that there's going to be a long road to recovery uh, for, for a lot of people out there, and including you know, possibly me. I'm sure my clients will start to be affected by this the longer it draws out. Right. Yeah. To stay on the path of, of the silver lining here, you know, I saw an article just uh, just a couple of days ago where uh, Postmates is, is looking to onboard 300,000 new people to deliver. Right. Because obviously people want food delivered. It's yeah. a no brainer right now. Uh, and, and I kind of realized that there are going to be industries that are, are that are going to really need to boost right now. You know, whether it's the digital conveyance of information or the physical delivery of goods or dozens, if not hundreds of other kind of specific businesses that are, are going to need to hire and to onboard. So one of the things that I've been thinking about is that the people that are affected by this you know, what is that career pivot that they could potentially make? You know, what is that statistic that people change their career a number of times within their life, an average of, I forgot what the number is, it's like somewhere between three and seven, um, but that's a real thing. You know, you've probably done it, I've definitely done it, you know, where we just pivot our path and we say, you know what, we're actually not going in that direction, we're gonna go in this direction. So do you have sort of a take or any ideas on ways that people can enter this mindset of saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to take this as an opportunity and I'm going to go do that thing. And that's, and that's, this is, this is a calling card for me. You know, this is the sign that I've been looking for to get out of this situation and go to that situation. Curious to get your take. 
yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have an opinion on this. So I'm a. This is my fourth business now, and uh, so entrepreneur. You know, for the past you know 15, 16 years, and and I've always I took a, I I lost my job back in 2003, and I took my side hustle to my main hustle. I got laid off, nice. and uh, I took that side hustle and, and turned it into a business. So not the same as what's going on right now. But I've had conversations with people. There are people who were in a job that was kind of their main hustle, but they did something. They had an Etsy store. They were doing whatever it is, kind of on the side, making a little revenue. So, so now might be the time, depending on what that product was, to go all in on it. And maybe and there's there's still a need for that, or if you have some some niche type of offering that someone can can benefit from. And and really, you know, I don't. Some people think of oh, how do you know? I'm capitalizing on on this downward economy. You're really not. Um, I, I think if you can bring value and, and and solve for something that's going on in this crisis. People need it, and and we understand that as a country that there's a cost associated with with whatever service you might be able to right. provide. Uh, I'm a part of um, Young Entrepreneurs Council. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that I know personally and, and that I don't know, but there's probably 800 of us in the community, and a lot of them are suffering right now. But there's mind sharing and getting together to say, "Hey, how can we how can we do stuff that's going to help people and it doesn't uh, isn't going to maybe crush." Um, are us from a, a revenue standpoint where we can sustain and make money because it's not just doom and gloom. There are businesses that are in super need right now and thriving, like you said, Postmates and Amazon and all these other companies that need people now more than ever. Uh, there's other businesses out there that aren't big box brand names that are the same. You know, we they need they're they're seeing a surge because of because uh, of the new need in this world that we're living in. So there is there is opportunity and it's not opportunistic. Uh, I think it's just there's an opportunity there for people not to be you know, going towards a dead end, but maybe to thrive uh, in a new environment. There's this thing that I've been noticing, and um, it kind of references a lot of the things that you just mentioned, which is this idea of people leveraging right now and people doubling down on something. You know, as we know, recessions, rece uh, fortunes are made in recessions. And there are some businesses that are doing something where I don't see it as, as good for the business per se, but it's good for the human per se. And what that specifically is, is saying, you know what, we're a pizza shop and we can't afford to pay our payroll and we're not selling pizzas right now. Maybe we're delivering them, maybe we're not, but we're the owner in this case is gonna take some leverage or some amount of capital in some creative way to be able to, to, to pay a payroll when they can't really get through it, you know, financially through, through income. And I, and I ask myself, you know, yes, that is an, a very compassionate thing to do. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that, you know, but is that, is that ultimately good for the, for the long term? that, that sort of handout? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I think empathy is really important and it's important to support people during transition times. But I, I just get a little bit concerned with kind of over leveraging uh, that people might do, businesses might do during this time period. You know, risk is going to be taken or it's going to be adverse. Um, wh what's your take on that? So it's funny you mention that. So I have a, a close friend of mine uh, who owns a, it's like a high-end meat shop. So they, you know, steaks, you know, all these high-end meats. And part of what he did was, you know, similar to what you're saying. So people aren't going out. Some people will still, you know, go out and buy filet mignons and all these high-cut end meats because, you know, that's what they do. But he's he's pivoted. I mean, he's literally, he's, he's given free lunches to families who need it. Um, and, and, you know, kind of no obligation. You don't need to come in and buy anything you need. 
uh, a grilled cheese or a sandwich for your child to come by. I, I got you. Um, what that's helped him do, uh, you know, it's, it's brand equity. I think people are saying, wow, you know, he stepped up and did this, you know, could he be losing some money or maybe breaking even between sales and things like that? Yeah. But it's a, it is, it is a gamble. I think that there's businesses that if you can try to do that and you might, you might take a beat and you put yourself in further debt. So, so I think there's a risk with, with going out and trying to, trying to do something you're not normal to, or something that the business can't sustain. A lot of, I know a lot of restaurants, the employees live paycheck to paycheck and, and, and owning a business, especially or a restaurant business. Um, and, and if it's a one shop, looks like a pizza place, you're, you're not making a ton of money as it is. So it's not like they have stockpiles of money and they can ride this out for too long. So I think you have to be really calculated on, on, on the chant on the moves you make and, and where you give up revenue. I think now it's more important than ever to tighten up your spend and make sure that you're not, you're not spending money on anything that you don't need to. Let's, let's talk about tightening up spend for a second. I think it's a really important topic. Someone the other day was, was saying that, uh, you know, we were having a, like a sort of a strategy meeting and someone was telling me that, you know, more businesses should be thinking about this, you know, instead of spending money on X, let's do Y instead of buying, you know, Z, let's do LMNOP. And I think that that mindset, that creative mindset, that element of resourcefulness, you know, taking a bunch of Legos in a bin and then creating a Lego, a, like a piece out of it, you know, that mindset, that's something that my kid does all the time, obviously, just like every other kid that's his age. But that, that mindset, you know, of being resourceful um, is, it's, it's a muscle, you know, and some of us have it and some of us have exercised it and some of us don't. We just have spent, we just have never thought from a place of scarcity or thought from a place of resourcefulness or innovation. So, you know, the definition of innovation is taking certain resources, reallocating those resources and creating some sort of an output that maximizes productivity or improves some sort of a process. So are there any kind of ideas? I, I, I have a couple that I want to share, um, but I, I'd love to get your take on what you think or what you have done specifically to be more resourceful and to maybe cut costs in a certain way to use creativity to maybe get the same effect without making the same investment. Yeah. I mean, so some of the stuff that we're going through a full remote, some of our cuts were easy. Um, you know, things that we were getting delivered to the office every week. I mean, we, we have all these, you know, we spend who knows how much, but we have a budget set up for snacks and all these things that get delivered for the team that internally, you know, those things, obviously we're not spending money on, but looking at just this, this for me, uh, personally, I started to look at all the things that we were doing on a month to month basis. I looked at my, our, our expend every month and I'm like, okay, is this a must have? Like, does the business actually need this, whatever we're doing, have whatever we're spending this money to, to sustain, you know, to, to long-term, or can we pause this or maybe eliminate it altogether? Um, one thing is, is maybe if you're, if you're doing ad spend or marketing, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say stop marketing. I think that now you still need to market. I think you need to stay top of mind, but maybe some of your ad spend gets cut back due to the fact that, uh, you know, you need to save some money. So, so there's some ad spend revenue, things like that. That's where that's some quick ways to save money. Um, but, but just looking, you need to look at your expenses for the past few months and really say, okay, what did we must have right now to stay, to stay afloat and really put those into a, a column and then the rest of it, 
we'll just either pause it or maybe stop it altogether for now uh, because you're going to need that cash and every little bit adds up. I mean, some of the stuff, you know, you spend 200 bucks a month on something that's small um, over time, it, it will add up and you can allocate those resources for something else. So, so really looking at your spend right now, whatever your, it is, your, your, your big ticket items, some of the stuff you might not be able to pause. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think it's having a credit line, is, is going to be crucial to people who didn't have one. You know, right now to get a credit line, it's a lot harder than it was before because everyone needs a, everyone's trying to get a credit line now. So if someone hasn't gotten a credit line yet, I would say get one right now uh, because it's it could be a way that you keep some uh, expenses uh, alive over the next few months by having somewhere to borrow from. Yeah, you know, that's really well said, man. I, you know, I, I love the fact that um, you, you're a content creator. You are a podcast host. I just a real quick uh, drop here. Could you tell us the name of your podcast and where people can find it? Uh, so five questions with Frank. Um, so I can, I mean, anywhere podcasts are, uh, but uh, LinkedIn is really my, my number one spot. I do drop live uh, five questions with Frank. So there are a video series there that I do drop there and I drop all kinds of just entrepreneurial or, or shares uh, stuff that I, you know, business stuff that I go through all the time. I, I drop as content on LinkedIn too. So you can find me there, Frank Mangert, uh, easy enough. And if you would drop me a note, tell me you saw this episode, love to meet you. Nice. Very cool. So I love this idea of, of becoming a podcaster. You know, um, people think that to be a podcaster, you have to have some background in radio or you have to have to be some media person or a Howard Stern wannabe. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that with a little bit of technology right now, anyone can start a podcast. You don't even need to have a fancy mic like this. You can just use your phone. <laughs> you know, the mic on our phone is, is pretty darn good. Um, you know, this is an opportunity right now while you're at home to, to kick off a podcast and to say, you know what, before I used to have private conversations with people. Instead of having that private conversation with people, I'm just going to have a podcast. And I'm going to get 90% of what I would have in that private conversation but then a whole nother thousand percent of the social opportunity, which is I'm going to create some piece of content and then share it on my social channels. So I think that, you know, people should take inspiration from from you and from, you know, this this recording right now that that they actually go and do something like that. There's a lot of different examples of ways, I think, to create to take something that you used to do in a traditional sense and then take it to the digital realm. You know, create a podcast, stream your sales calls, you know, do your do your sales calls live. You know, who has the guts to do that? We started doing that in the last couple of months. And it, it's been like a it's been groundbreaking for the business because now, first of all, we don't really care about keeping, you know, confidential information about this, that and the other thing. We just give it all out. We're like, look, here's what our competitors are doing. And here's what Dub does. And here's how we're, you know, a different uh, video platform. And I feel like that type of mentality of just taking closed stuff and putting it into open stuff um, is what a lot of people need to be doing right now because we all need we all need to figure out ways to your point to be resourceful to be creative and to get maximum you know output with minimum uh, input so um, just just kind of my 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 take on that so. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? You, you bring up a good point because people, I think individuals underestimate themselves and how much knowledge we walk around with in our brains. I mean, people are like, oh, I have nothing to talk about or I'm not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's totally incorrect. I think that we we might think us like we're you know not so interesting. There's so much stuff that I talk about where I would think like, 
you know, it's, everyone knows this and people hit me up. They're like, Oh my God, I've been dealing with this forever. I never, this is, I, I've been waiting for this kind of aha moment. So people really do. They underestimate how much knowledge they have. The stuff that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that becomes kind of monotonous to you it, to someone else is like, they're, especially people who are trying to get started. You have a huge uh, audience there that you can create and, and, and voice is, is, is awesome way to, for people to consume content. I mean, a podcast is great, you know, creating video content. There's so many different ways to, to share. Uh, and I think people, people truly, truly underestimate uh, how much value they can bring to, to people. There's a big world out there and there's a lot of people who consume content. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, I have this, um, this, this sort of I, general kind of idea that content in so many ways can replace 90% of, of advertising. You know, if, if someone has an advertising budget right now and they're spending X dollars every single month on advertising, that if they pivot the vast majority of that, not, not all, because you're right, we shouldn't stop marketing, we shouldn't stop advertising specifically, but if they can take a little chunk of that or a big chunk of that and then reallocate it towards developing their product, you know, adding social, making, a, making their product inherently social, um, and then having original content that's that's high level and educational, that they might they might see the same results. And my favorite part of that is that you create evergreen content. And an advertisement is ephemeral; it shows up on a feed, someone clicks on it, or they ignore it, and then it's gone. And then you have to continue to pay for clicks or impressions, and or views. And and it's it's just it's a it's a hole that you're putting money into it. Now, I'm not dissing advertising. There's obviously reasons why it exists, and it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, but but I will say that creating evergreen content, kind of like what you and I are creating right now, which exists audio, video format, um, that's a gift. And it's a gift that keeps giving. Yeah. So so one thing I, I would say, I, I think you touch on something that's really great is people under business owners. So let's just say an organization. OK, I got 50 employees. Um, my 50 employees, if you think of the term micro-influencing. So, so big influencers, you know, I don't know, Kim Kardashian and all these big people with these, those are huge influencers. You think of someone within an organization. So you got 50 employees within an organization who might have an Instagram account, a Facebook account, a LinkedIn account, whatever it is. And if they get behind a brand, especially your own brand, if they're standing behind my company, EBM, they're standing behind EBM's brand and sharing things about, you know, why it's such a great company and how we help clients. They, they become micro influencers for a brand that, that potentially can impact thousands and thousands of people for zero dollars. It's not costing me. It doesn't cost you anything to create content, uh, you know, it may, you know, software or whatever it is you might spend some money on, but think about how much content you can create out of an episode. If you create a live like this and, you know, we talk 34 minutes, the snippets we can pull out of this, the video we can pull out of this, you can create so many pieces of content out of this for, for what, for basically nothing and, and use this to, to grow and expand that brand. And it can have a serious halo effect and you can use your team, uh, in a micro influencing manner that they can help the brand grow too through, through the same way through sharing and, and content uh, creation. So, so people, yeah, I, I think you're underestimating, uh, the, the content there's, there's a, it's, it's not expensive. Um, and it can do a lot as far as revenue. You mentioned the halo effect. I want you to explain that a little bit more. 
Um, the one additional thing that I'll add that's a requirement to this whole mix is that you got to put yourself out there and you got to become a little bit vulnerable. So anyone that's listening to this, you know, if you're feeling the, the camera shyness or if you're not ready to put your voice or put your writing or put whatever it is that you can create on the internet, uh, we encourage you to just get over that and just get your first hundred X's done, and then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel more comfortable. Get your hundred first hundred videos, or your first hundred blog posts, or your first hundred whatever, and then you'll finally feel feel comfortable. I, I just saw a little uh, I just saw a little spike in some um, engagement when I said that, and when you were saying what you were saying. So obviously this is resonating with people. Um, speak to me about the halo effect, please. So, so I, 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 what I can say can actually tie. I'll answer uh, that question and tie something that you just touched on. So. Um, I started creating content on, on, on LinkedIn, specifically in November 2018, and I had met Gary Vaynerchuk in May of 2018, and he told me, start making video on LinkedIn. He's like, it'll change your life professionally and personally. And, it, and, and I literally said, no, no one's going to listen to me. You know, you're crazy. I'm not the guy for to make content. And a few months later, uh, I, I took my cell phone out and I created my first video. And... I'll, I'll tell you, I was the same way. People like I tell people all the time, I'm so relatable when it comes to content because I was had all the. I, no one's gonna listen to me. I have nothing to talk about, and I made a you know sounds silly now, but at the time I said I'm, I'm gonna make a promise to myself. It's not about the likes, the views, the comments, nothing. Yeah. I'm gonna put it out there, and what happens happens, and I'm gonna continue to do it consistently and keep creating content and. You know, the, 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 what's happened from, I had like, you know, 500 followers, 400 and something followers on LinkedIn when I created my first piece of content. And now, you know, a short, just over a year later, I've got, you know, over 20,000 followers on the channel and, and it's just been a game changer for my business for personally. So with the halo effect, I show up creating content on LinkedIn and so much has happened out of it. Like, so the brand, the right. Frank Maker has become a brand. I've, I've right. more speaking events, people doing business with my, my company. Um, I've been asked and open to more, way more opportunities than ever. So just showing up and creating content has created this whole big uh, effect behind it um, that I had no idea was going to happen. It happened and it happened naturally. So, uh, so I think, you know, again, don't, you got to start, pull the trigger and just get it done. Nice. Nice. Speaking of uh, influencers, Mark Cuban once said, and this was a, lot, a while ago, he said, sales cures all. And, you know, we should update that to, you know, content cures all because content can be very sales specific. You know, you can drive sales overnight and brand over time with exactly this model. The thing that I always think about when creating content is who's that one person that I want to get this message to. And if I can convert this one person from the message, uh, that's great. But also, I get the, to your point, the halo effect, where now that content starts to disseminate, stimulates the algorithm, more people see it, you know, engagement happens, and it kind of sort of spreads. So you've seen within 12 months of meeting Gary, you've seen the, the, the power of it. And, and, that's, and that's cool. And I got to tell you, I went through the same process. So I mean, the second that I started to create content and put stuff out there and, and really have a, a message, and that took a while to get. Um, that's when I really started to say, wow, you know what, this is, this is kind of cool. So just, just a couple of notes, I think, for people um, to, to hear and to take. I mean, Frank, thank you for sharing that, man. That was, that was, that was awesome, you know. Um, I, I, just, I wrote a quick list here, and I was just, as you were saying some of the things that you were saying, I was really inspired, and I was just quick, just kind of jotting some notes of, of ways, of, of a couple of different ways, um, based on what you said, 
to kind of activate certain things in a business. You know, you mentioned influencer marketing, and I think that's a really interesting topic right now. And there's been some pros and some cons and some positives and negatives about it. Uh, but I but I know this that you know people make a difference, and that when people have a story to tell and they want to share something that that was positive for them, that it benefits everyone. You know, there are ways to activate that right now. If you feel like, you know what, I, I can't afford to kick off sales, I can't afford to do as much marketing and advertising I wanted to, influencer marketing and also affiliate marketing are two things that, that might be a good revenue channel. It's a good time to look into that, you know? Um, I don't know if you're in that space at all, Frank. I don't know if you have some sort of a model where it's like a referral program. You know, um, any, any advice or any feedback on, on how people can kind of activate that just to be a little bit more creative right now on, on their marketing efforts? Yeah, so I don't, uh, so I'm not in that, you know, space directly, but I do have, I, I mean, from a, from a, uh, a brand perspective and the influencer marketing now, I think there's, again, micro influencers. Those yeah. are people like that are just, they're out there every day. If you're creating content, um, you know, me, I, I guess a bigger brand could look at me and my LinkedIn and my following and my engagement on LinkedIn as a, a micro influencer from a big brand because I put stuff out there. I'm getting looks, I'm getting likes, I'm getting engagement. My engagement rate, you know, is over 10%, which is unheard of on social media. So I get really good engagement. People are tuning in, paying attention. So I'm not an influencer, but I'm a, you know, a micro influencer. So being approached by brands is nothing new. People, I get insurance carriers and other people that hit me up all the time wanting to talk about a service or promote it. I don't, I don't do those. But it's something that people can take advantage of. I think if you're creating content and you have an audience and something resonates with you and it's authentic to you and, and something you want to get behind, there's ways to monetize your audience, uh, especially you know a YouTube channel, an Instagram channel, and that audience. Uh, but you know, it's you got to be like you said earlier. You got to be careful about what you get behind. Um, you know, you just want to do it just to make money. You want to. Things can impact your brand, and your brand could take a serious turn overnight. Well, I mean, you, you said it really well just before, you know, you have a brand, there's the Frank brand, you know, and it's you doing those videos in your car with the red leather interior, which, which is dope, you know, and your hair and your look and your vibe and your rhetoric and, and, and you invest into that. And that becomes a show that we kind of tune into whenever you, whenever you put those posts out. And it's this thing that we call the connection loop, which is exactly why we named this podcast, the connection loop. Because it's the idea of a personality that creates content that builds a relationship and ultimately a, a connection loop. So thanks again for putting your stuff out there. Um, one other idea that I had uh, about about this whole kind of realm is, you know, people do have typically done a lot of live webinars or, or even in-person webinars. You know, come and join us at this venue or meet us in this Zoom call and then we're going to have a, a real synchronous conversation. And one of the things that we always recommend to people is, you know, consider pivoting, pivoting that into a recorded masterclass, you know, maybe consider removing this idea of, of a synchronous, you know, forced op, opt in environment and, and just put that content out there, you know, remove the form, remove the gate, get people access earlier on, get lose this idea of you need to give me your, you know, these seven details in a form in order for you to see this content, see what happens. If you just pay it, for, see that it actually increases your conversions. We have slowly over the last year, we've solved the forms to get our eBooks and to get our videos. And we just, we just put them out there. 
and we realized that we were we were we were greedy. We were saying you got to give us this, and then we'll get we'll give you that. And I think that mindset change of of being vulnerable, you know, being more selfless, and just putting your stuff out there exactly like what you do when you do it. You know, I think that's I think that's also really really critical uh, for people right now to, to be thinking about. You know, pay it forward, put your stuff out there. Yeah, I I, so I applaud you for the taking the gated content away. I think that's a, a power move on your point. I'm definitely a fan of that. I think a lot of times we see so much gated content. It's like, you know, sometimes you just abandon it. You're like, forget it. And then yeah. it could have been something really great for the company, but because they wanted to be greedy and call, you know add an email list that someone's going to unsubscribe from anyway, if they're not really interested, that you're, you can give them it. Give them all the good stuff, like especially creating content out somewhere. Put all your good, like you said, put all your good stuff out there. Yeah. What is competition? They can mimic you, but they're not going to do what you're doing. Right. They're not going to do it like you do it with the passion that you do it. So let your right. con- let them try to steal it. They'll they'll fail. And, right. And people will realize that. So I think go ahead, yeah, you know, put your good stuff out there. People will appreciate what you do, and no one's going to do it like you. So I I, I totally agree, man. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. Glad to connect on that. Another thing that we, I was just jotting down was this idea of a, of a white paper or some sort of a document that you might have. And that document is something that you get over to your, your clients when they're at the bottom of the funnel, you know, you're in the proposal stage or you're, you know, you're meeting with them. It's that paper that you slide (laughs) across the, the table, whatever that, whatever that is. Um, that, that's an article, that's a blog post. That's a 1000 to 4,000 word blog post that will get you more engagement as a public asset. I mean, LinkedIn's great for articles. I don't know how many people out there are doing articles on LinkedIn. I do them a lot. Medium, great, another great place. And then just your blog, WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, whatever it is that you use, you know, those are channels that you can take content that you previously put in into a closed environment and then put into a social and public environment. Uh, so just that's just another thing, you know, video, text, these are channels. These are things that should just get out there. Everything is content related. Yeah, and searchable too. So you mentioned medium. I mean, th- those yeah. places like that, that can become searchable content are awesome because right. they'll show up. You know, you're on page one on Google just because you, you wrote an article on medium and people find you and people follow you. And then, then they'll start to subscribe to stuff that you do or seek you out on other channels. So again, the halo effect, it becomes bigger than what that small little spot was where you just started. So yeah, don't under, people have seen my content. Someone in the UK saw my content and introduced me to someone down in Miami, Florida, and we'll see what happens with everything that's going on. But I'm, I'm there, it's an Amazon Prime TV show that I'm going to be on uh, their second season. I'm going to start filming for. They, someone I didn't even know saw my content, and, and they were like, "Hey, we, we're doing this show. It's a documentary series on entrepreneurs." And and I'm, I'm, you know, we did all the work and everything, and I agreed to be on it. But it was because they saw my content. It was someone who viewed something. And, you know, so you never know who's out there watching your content. You get 3000, 4,000 or a hundred views. You just need one. That's it. Just right. one. Right. Exactly. And that the focus on that one, that's the driving factor. The second that you say I'm in it for the likes, it's, it's like this analogy of people that free solo. I don't know if you saw this. I just saw this documentary on Netflix free solo. It's called exactly that. And, uh, it's crazy because it's, it's these guys that sca- I mean, it's one guy in particular, Andy, who's like the the, the champ. I mean, he's the, the guy. He's the only guy that's done um, the 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 Yosemite. The uh, what's it called? It'll come to me in a second. But um, 
climbing a mountain with without doing it for the the, the screen, the video, the social mm-hmm. media, just doing it for yourself. Because a lot of these guys are just so they're solos. They're you know individuals, free solo, right? But that idea of just doing it for yourself and one other person is, I think, one of the most liberating things that 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 I can ever think of. Because you're you put yourself in a complete place of value and you put yourself out of the spotlight. The spotlight is a, is a ancillary thing. It's a thing that happens, you know, after the fact, and you don't really care about that. It's liberating, you know, it it is, you know, to not look at that, to not look at those metrics. I mean, this is why Instagram doesn't show the number of likes on a lot of posts. This is why YouTube stopped showing the number of views because it's kind of messing us up, you know? Yeah. Vanity metrics, man. Vanity metrics, metrics. people chase it and it's, you can get wrapped up in it really quick. So uh, I'd I'd say if you're truly going to do something for the right reasons, you're not going to pay attention to those vanity metrics at all. Nice, man. Good convo. Listen, uh, we, we, this was, this was really, really interesting. We talked about the halo effect, you know, the value of putting content out there, you know, not giving a crap and not feeling like you're in the spotlight, just putting yourself out there, you know, and then just, you know, being that personality, man, these are, these are really important things, you know, not to mention just, you know, getting through in a positive way during this really strange time. So Frank, I wanted to formally thank you, man, for your time. And I look forward to seeing you on LinkedIn. Yes, you bet, man. Thanks for having me on. This was awesome. All right, brother. Take care, man. Yes.